Welcome to Undressed with me, Katie Moore. I marry the dirty with the divine to educate and empower vulva owners from across the world to come home to their bodies and reclaim the power of soulful sexuality. This is the space where we will spill the taboo tea on all things pleasure, intimacy, sex, healing, and absolutely everything in between. It is through this podcast that you will start to unapologetically live an embodied, empowered, and erotic life. Oh, and the title speaks for itself. We will, of course, in the spirit of things, be naked. (laughs) And with that, let's begin. Welcome to Undressed with me, Katie Moore. Today, I am joined by my beautiful friend, Lydia Reeves, who is a female body casting artist here in Brighton, UK. Lydia work really focuses on allowing people to celebrate their unique and incredible bodies, to help eradicate any shame, embarrassment, or negative thoughts and conditioning that they may have encountered through their lives. Today is all about coming home to your bodies coming into loving celebration of your bodies, and most of all, your vulva. When you're disconnected from your vulva, you are disconnected from the fullness of life. So today we are going to dive into vulva diversity, labiaplasty, which is the fastest growing medical procedure amongst vulva owners, mainly between the ages of 20 and 30, to surgically remove parts of your labia minora. Body image, body acceptance, and the stigma and shame that we hold around and in our bodies and around sexuality, and probably so much more. Oh, yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. Welcome, Lydia, my love. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here in the knit. I know. <laughs> I remember when we talked about this when we sat in that little coffee shop like months and months ago and I was like, you were going to be my first guest. We're going to make this happen. And here we are. Here we are. It's so exciting. So proud of you. Thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching your journey unfold. It's been so beautiful to, to watch you take over the world one vulva at a time. <laughs> I love that. I literally am. It feels like that sometimes. It's great. <laughs> so Lydia and I we met in 2021 when I came in for a casting with you Mm, so I would love to know like where did your journey begin because I mean you're kind of a big deal now (laughs) (laughs) so what was the moment that really like shaped like the Lydia Reeves that sat here right now so Business-wise, everything started three and a bit years ago. But pre-business-wise, things probably started when I was about 12. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of like my own journey that I then went through to then get to the point where I was like, I want to help other people with this, which is then where the business started. So, um, yeah, I basically grew up with like major body insecurities, um, specifically vulva insecurities, but it was like the whole shebang. That was the main one. And then everything else was also an issue. But um, yeah, from about 12 years old, I kind of started like picking my body apart, uh, especially my vulva. And that's mainly due to having seen porn when I was young 
Um, and I kind of just like internalized everything and was just like, oh my God, like I'm seeing all these vulvas on the internet and none of them look like mine. But I was so embarrassed about that fact that I didn't like speak to anyone about it. I was just like, oh my God, I have got the weirdest vulva in the world. <laughs> and I genuinely thought that I was the only person ever that had a vulva that was like my vulva and everyone else had the ones like I'd seen on porn. And I do think that porn's getting a bit better now, but at the time it was literally just like everyone on there, I just remember had just like no labia, completely pink. Like it just, yeah, it like destroyed my confidence from a pre-teenager. Um, and then, yeah, throughout the years, I kind of just like that impacted who I like had relationships with didn't or didn't have relationships with um my like sexuality my se my whole like sexual being like I suppressed quite a lot of it um and it kind of led me to a few years ago deciding that like I wanted to help other people who either have been through the same thing or who like have been through that and come out the other end and then and now want to celebrate themselves or people that just feel like they need a bit of like celebration of their body mm. um so yeah I kind of like took all that experience that I've been through and then was like I don't want anyone else to go through that so if I could help just one person look at themselves slightly differently um then I would have done a good job and yeah that was three and a bit years ago and it's kind of just taken off from there so sorry that was a really long-winded answer to your question but um, <laughs> never apologize no apologies in this space <laughs> so why is this work like so important for you or to you just like I was actually I met a friend this morning for a walk and I was saying to him it feels like everything that I've been through with my own body and my own insecurities and anxieties and my own self-acceptance journey and all of that it's been like at times awful in my life I feel like now I'm doing what I'm doing none of that awfulness within my journey was in vain because I've now mm. like if I hadn't been through any of that there's no way I'd be sat here now doing what I'm doing so it makes me feel like makes my like younger self feel really proud that I'm like okay well I, I went through a load of shit um felt like I hated myself I hated my body I hated who I was like all that stuff that I had to contend with when I was younger and work through and blah blah blah, blah just has now made me be like well I'm pleased that I went through all of that because mm. it, it I wouldn't be doing this and, and this is just like for me the best job in the world so I couldn't imagine not doing it and all the amazing people that I meet and all the amazing conversations that I have and the amazing connections that I make um I just think yeah if I hadn't been through all of that I wouldn't we wouldn't be having this conversation I wouldn't be doing this kind of work mm. so yeah like, that's why it's super important to help me realize that everything everything all like happens for a reason and it's all like yeah worked out really well mm. I resonate with that so deeply like yeah. so deeply and in the thick of the shit, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I can't fucking do this any longer. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And then you 
you get through it and you get to this point and you're just like, oh my goodness, this is why, like, this is why I have to go through and heal and oh God, the fucking times I was on the bathroom floor crying or, you know, whatever it was. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, no, it was, it was worth it. And I'm, I'm grateful for those experiences because actually they shaped, they shaped who I am. Was there like a moment where you were just like, this is it. Like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Casting Volvers is my dharma. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, no, I didn't have like a light bulb moment like that. But I had a moment of like, I knew a moment where I knew it could really help people was when I initially I cast all my friends and I all my wonderful friends volunteered for me and I had cast my own vulva at this point but I hadn't cast anyone else's and the second girl that I cast cast her vulva and I'd cast mine mine was in a drawer upside down in a drawer that I hadn't shown anyone yet and cast my friend's vulva um and we were like looking at hers and she was like oh where's yours and I was just like oh it's in a drawer over there kind of hadn't at all been like help yourself go and have a look and she literally just like walked over to the drawer opened it pulled out the castle so it was nothing and I was like like what are you doing <laughs> but anyway it was amazing she obviously had no judgment she wasn't there like what the fuck which is kind of how you know back in the day I thought people would like think about it and we just had my cast and her cast next to each other and it was the most beautiful moment of like no judgment no anything negative we were just pointing out bits about hers bits about mine like how different they were just the two of them sat next to each other and it was such a liberating empowering like powerful experience for us both to just have that moment of like just the two of us like look how different our vulvas are and the beauty in it we were just being like wow like it was just fascinating and I was like if that if me and her can have that experience like I want to be able to give that experience to so many other people and not even like the comparisons but even just to look at your own cast and be like wow like it's got this bit it's got this bit like I've never looked at it like this before or whatever and it was a real like I think I was just so shocked that she had just gone over and like hook my vulva cast out of the drawer and I was expecting her to be like oh I don't know like a bit like yeah. <laughs> and and it, the just the no judgment thing was just in, like just such an incredible experience I was like I, I hope that I could then give that experience to like loads of other people mm. and yeah it wasn't really like a this is me set for life it was just a wow I didn't quite I hadn't quite realized how powerful it could be Mm. until that moment I think probably because I had like felt it myself someone else looking at my cast in as like a piece of art and I was like suddenly felt how powerful that felt and was like oh wow this actually is something that's like Mm. really really help people and that was a light bulb moment for that Because I have to say, like, coming into your space and being held by you is definitely, it is, like, just there's no shame. There's no judgment. It it does feel really safe. And it it is actually, like, a really, even for me, who, you know, is sat here hosting a a naked podcast and talks about, you know, 
anal and squirting and everything else in between, right? Even for me, that was like, it was quite vulnerable because you're there and you're, mm-hmm. you're saying to, you know, not only the world, but yourself, like, yeah, this is who I am. And you spread your legs and you're like, okay, this is it. And you come into this place, which actually gets to be so empowering and liberating and just healing. In fact, more mm-hmm. than anything, I actually found, of course, I've got my beautiful, beautiful, I'll show you if anyone's watching this, this is my vulva. <laughs> I know. I know it is so beautiful honestly oh my goodness and I've got my breasts here as well yay I know uh, <laughs> I love but it's, them but it's so interesting because obviously like we did these I don't know late late 2021 I think is when we did them and yeah. because obviously like I do this work and I, I deepen my pra- my own my own practice with my own body and things like that. I've done like a lot more breast massage since. So when I actually got them back this year, I was like, my breasts don't look like that anymore. And it was so oh, wow. interesting. Yeah. To witness the, the difference um, like physically of my breasts and my body, even in like such a short amount of time. And rather than being like, oh, look how they were then or they are now. It was like, wow how fucking incredible is it that our body changes and like how quickly that can change and evolve and grow and oh it's just this beautiful moment of just witnessing evolution like at its at its finest in these seasons these seasons were cyclical by nature right and just witnessing this season of my life and what it represented as well I always you know when I first came across you and your work I was like you know, when I reach a certain point in my business and my journey, like that's going to be my present to me. That's what I'm going to do for me. And that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I don't know, they're in my bedroom. They're the last thing I see when I go to bed. They're the first thing I see when I wake up. They are their private place. And I love them. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's such a gift. Like it's not just the, the, physical pieces of art like the whole experience is something Mm -hmm. that is just magic and how incredible that you have this natural ability just to be able to do that to hold that space thank you yeah I feel like it's it's they're just like a snapshot of time aren't they of just like and it's not like it's not like you're looking back like you were saying and looking at them in a negative or a positive or oh that's what they were like oh no they've changed or oh yeah they've changed or whatever it's just a this is this was me on this day mm. at this time in my life and just to have that to be able to look back on forever yeah. as this, and it's not just oh these are just my boobs it's like they represent so much mm. more than that for quite a lot of people mm. of like a phase of where they're at at that moment in time where they've decided to come and do this and book in and have the session and have the experience and then have that piece of artwork it's not just like oh cool yeah it's a cast of my boobs I think for quite a lot of people it's yeah represents a lot more than that which I really really love Mm. and I think even if it doesn't even if it's just something that you desire to do because it's fucking cool like it's just a fucking great day out like you know what I mean even if it's not but the chances are you'll look back in time Mm -hmm. and be like oh my goodness this represents this or whatever or even if it's not it's just yeah 
like reveling in the fact that your body, your vulva is a work of art. (laughs) Of course, this work is so important, like for yourself and for your inner child and, you know, for the people who come into your space and go through this journey. But actually like it's, this work is really fucking important in society. Like Mm. this actually goes way beyond having a beautiful experience like actually it's something that really everybody should do or like at least explore in some way because like you said I mean for me personally I I started watching porn from a very very young age I was probably like maybe six seven eight like I remember watching porn on a dial-up computer so I'm like trying to delete the history after like that's that's the kind of era I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too honestly <sighs> so weird looking back Hoping I know they, they walk in the shed the computer with like, oh my god same <laughs> mine was in my hallway it was so rogue um but yeah like like you I literally only ever seen silky smooth vulvas that were neatly tucked in they were perfect the perfect shades of pink you know like this perfectly displayed rose even like you know the buttholes were pink like even that like the whole thing and their bodies were slim and just that seemed from the externally as an impressionable child perfect mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I was like oh my goodness like you I don't look like that and I began to shave very very young yeah me too and it wasn't even until maybe I'd say two years ago maybe that I, I just one day I was like well actually why am I shaving Mm. Why am I shaving my vulva? Am I shaving it because it feels good for me? It's deeply empowering. And this is my body, my choice if that's what I choose to do. Or is it because I've just grown up seeing silky smooth vulvas and that's just what I think is normal, you know? And the, the, the irony is there is no such thing as normal. All vulvas are unique. They are all beautiful. They are all normal in all of their colors and their expressions and their flavors. And it's time to come into this place of deep celebration, but also, you know, the biggest key to empowerment is to know your body. Knowledge is power, baby. So starting to to explore your body in these ways. And I always encourage everyone, everyone that I meet, to grab a mirror, handheld or freestanding, and open your legs and gaze at your vulva. Yeah. And it can be really confronting. It can be, it can be deeply vulnerable. It can be upsetting. It can be exciting. It can be pleasurable. It can be, you know, everything, the whole spectrum. But I think once you start to spend time with your body, well, I feel from my experience, once you start to spend time with your body, your perspective changes of it. And then once you are able to actually witness that, oh, I'm not the only one who has a vulva that looks like this, or, you know, none of them look the same. I mean, I've seen hundreds, if not thousands of vulvas in my life. (laughs) And not one of them look the same, but they're all beautiful. And coming into this 
place of talking about it openly amongst friends, even over a coffee or, you know, your Instagram is amazing because it just gets to showcase this diversity of bodies, of mm. people, of stories. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about, you know, breaking the stigma, spilling the taboo tea, as I like to say, right? <laughs> and it gets... And I think as well, it's not just like, it, it's like a twofold thing. It's getting to know the fact, like to educate yourself on the fact that all vulvas are completely different and see, and like looking at my Instagram, for instance, and seeing like the whole range of vulvas that there are. And so then you've got that one thing of breathing a sigh of relief and being like, oh, okay, okay, we're, we're all completely different. And then like you were saying, to then really get to know your own personally as well and I always say like how how can you like hope to accept something which you don't even know what it looks like like mm -hmm. so being able to get a mirror look at it a lot more regularly not just like once in your life but yeah being able to do it on a regular basis and like you're saying it is so confronting sometimes when I when I was younger and I was trying to go through the thing of being like no I, like I'm not gonna be I'm not going ahead with labioplasty like I'm gonna try and accept how I am blah 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 sometimes I'll be in tears like looking at my vulva but the more you do it the more you're like okay it's fine the more you look at something with anything the more even if you put a ugly oh no I don't want to say that because that's I don't mean that my vulva is ugly I'm just gonna say even if you put like an ugly painting up in your house for instance and initially you were like oh, I don't like looking at it because this is how I used to think about my vulva. Once you look at it every single day, it just blends into the furniture after a while and you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. This is fine. I can accept this in my house. And I'm not, I sounds horrible. I'm comparing my vulva to an ugly painting. That's not what I meant. But no, like, baby, it's a work of art. It's a fucking <laughs> work of art. <laughs> and it is, but that's, just, that's how I used to think about my vulva. Mm. But what I'm trying to say is that just by like looking at it a lot more regularly, and getting to know yourself a lot, a lot, a lot more, the more your thought processes aren't like, oh, you're not shocked. You're not like, oh, oh no. Like, I just didn't even want to know what my vulva looked like. Cause I was so like, it, I know it's gross. That's what I had in my head. But the more I saw it, the more I was like, oh, okay. Like your thought process starts changing. And I'm like, actually it's maybe not as bad as I thought. And then, you know, your thoughts start changing ever so slightly, ever so slightly to the point of being like, it's fucking great and, and I'm all right like this is me and I'm all right with that and not like the complete like self-acceptance so it just takes yeah a lot of spending time getting to know yourself and looking at yourself or getting a cast done and looking at the cast every single day mm -hmm. things like that <laughs> and yeah not just like a one-off thing but it definitely 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 helped me by looking at it regularly Mm. and trying to get rid of it, like negative thoughts that came up in the process mm. and I think there's this there's this culture that we that we live in and it's this like body positivity movement which like parts of it I'm here for but I also feel like you know <laughs> it's not necessarily being positive because I'm going to hold my hands up and say like I'm not positive about my body and my vulva every single day yeah like I'm not but I, I accept myself every single day. 
And I think it's more about the self-acceptance, the body acceptance, the radical self-acceptance actually, that is a fucking game changer. When you say like, I am perfectly imperfect, right? Like my vulva changes every single day of the month, every single day of the year. Like my body changes every single day of the month, every single day of the year. And I love myself for it. I love that right now I'm a little bit more bloated than usual. And sometimes I'm so bloated, I can't actually see my vulva when I look down, right? But it's like, it's coming to this place of not being like, I'm positive. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Yes. Okay. It's like, because that doesn't serve, serve you or anyone else either. I think it's coming to this point of sometimes actually, obviously I not using the, the connotations of like good and bad, but actually coming to a really being in like a neutral space. And I feel like that's very underrated. We always have to feel really shit about ourselves. Or we have to love ourselves. And if we don't feel one of those, it feels a little bit like, well, actually, eh, I'm not really bothered. I'm like, okay with my body. And actually what a beautiful neutral space to be. And I feel like that should also be celebrated. Hundred, hundred percent. What I've always said that from day one in here, like I feel like there is such a thing as like toxic body positivity <laughs> in terms of like you can end up feeling more rubbish about yourself if you think that if you're battling being like, oh God, it looks like everyone on Instagram absolutely adores their body every single second of every single day. And actually I've woken up this morning and I don't feel that great about myself. And then you end up beating yourself up about it because you're not up here like everyone else like everyone else and it's um I think yeah it, it, there's such a thing as then that's then causing you more damage than before and actually that if you go to a place of just body acceptance rather than body positivity you there can be so much positivity within that mm. but getting to the place of acceptance and being like do you know what no matter where my body's at today I accept it as it is and that is that is all you need and that being from coming from a place of loathing my body and hating every part of it to getting to the place of body acceptance is huge it's ginormous and I feel like I, I don't ever need to be in like the body positivity land like feel, feel like body acceptance is for me such 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 a different world than the body loathing that I was in and I am so happy with that that it's like the lightness that I feel now I'm out of the I hate everything about myself <laughs> it's um it's incredible and I think it's more sustainable and also I remember thinking when I was in the like I hate everything about myself phase of my life feeling like I had to love every aspect of myself every day felt so out of this world, like alien to me, that I knew, was like, well, what's the point in even trying? Because it was so like, like as if that's ever gonna happen kind of thought. But getting thinking, okay, maybe I could just accept parts of me the way they are. I don't have to love them, but I can just accept them that felt so much more doable mm. and in reach than the, I have to love every single aspect of my body. And so then it kind of made me feel like, okay, like maybe I could get there. But the like 
I'm doing all these motions and people most people <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> I'm doing. But anyway, up here, my hands are There's up a here. scale. There's a scale. There's a scale going up. Um, yeah, it kind of just pushed me to the thing of being like, well, I, I'm not even going to try to get there because it seems so unreachable. And I think, yeah, pushing the body acceptance thing is just like, I've always said exactly the same as what you just said there. I think it's that's definitely the way forward. And it's the most sustainable way and that can like I just said that can include so much positivity it just has doesn't have to be the like I'm in love with every single aspect of myself every single day kind of vibe and I think it's completely okay not to love every single aspect of part every part of you every single day and that's the that's human that's a human thing to wake up some days and be like I don't feel that great today but you don't still don't have to beat yourself up about that you can still look at yourself and be like, that's okay. And that's fine. This is how I am today. And this is like, there's no negativity, but there's also no like major positivity. Mm. And I feel like that's an absolutely great place to be. Yeah. And I think like it, there's, it's so freeing when you get to a point and you're like, in that space of okay I just am who I am like yeah this is me yeah. and you don't have to you know perform or pretend to be somebody else or to shave yourself because you think it makes you more desirable like I've spent most of my life performing yeah. in from you know from the way my body looks holding my belly in sucking my tummy mm-hmm. in wearing flattering clothes shaving um yeah staying small not expressing my truth or like and the list goes on even into mm-hmm. my business and into my personal life and my with my family right mm-hmm. but being in this space of like this is just who I am and yeah. that's okay I'm okay with that and actually it's probably more powerful than being positive all the time I feel I feel like actually when you're there you're kind of unfuckable with yeah because so you're like I don't really I don't really give a fuck yeah. I don't really care what you think or feel yeah. all the pro- shit you're projecting onto me. Like, baby, I am just your mirror. So yeah. that's fine. And I think it's also interesting, like why people find it really confronting if you're just like, okay with things mm-hmm. where you're very neutral. Like, it's why so is that so powerful. confronting? I know it's such a far- powerful space to be because people can't fuck with you because yeah. you're just so like, all right. And the, one of the, biggest 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 lessons I learned maybe like five years ago or so is that every everyone's view of you is all about them yeah and nothing to do with you even positive stuff Mm. positive negative whatever it is anyone's thoughts about you reflect them they don't reflect you and when I like fully 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 learned that and like took that in that was such a powerful thing to be like, actually, whatever you're bringing to me, I don't have to take on any of it. Like mm-hmm. that is your stuff. And that says more about you than it says about me. And that I can walk away from that and not feel affected by it because that's mm-hmm. that's your thing that you, like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like you're a mirror for everyone. Yeah, it's also <laughs> really interesting, right? Because like, <laughs> because yes, I, I totally agree with you. But also on the flip side, the way in which you think people perceive you is a direct mirror of how you perceive yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, true. 
right? So how you think people see you, oh, they think I'm fat, oh, they think I'm ugly, oh, they think I'm disgusting, oh, they think this. It's like, do they? Or is mm. that how actually you feel about yourself? Oh God, I've been there when I was younger. I was like, everyone hates me. Everyone thinks I'm annoying. Like how egotistical even, like yeah. no one's thinking about me. Everyone's far too busy thinking about themselves. <laughs> That's an egotistical thing to be like, oh my God, everyone's thinking this. Like, it's so yeah. true. One of the best things that I ever learned was like, no one gives a fuck about me. Like no, no. one cares. No one no. gives a fuck about what I wear, what I post, no. if I post, if I don't, like if I say something like, stupid on a date like no one gives a fuck because they're all thinking about themselves and how what a great space to be again it's like the world doesn't revolve around you and like what a magical thing (laughs) it's such like a like you said it's like you're just so unfuckable with like you're just Mm -hmm. there in your little shield being like oh actually nothing fucking matters (laughs) and that's such a nice place to be in but when you're also in that space, like people can't project their stuff onto you because you're just not allowing it. It's just like washes mm. over. It's just, it gets to be healing for, yeah. for everybody involved. But what I'd love to talk about is you mentioned the labia pastis. So I was wondering if you could like just explain a little bit of what that is and like when you were experiencing thinking about it and all of that. Alaviaplasty is a cosmetic surgery which removes um, part or all of your labia minora, um, so your inner labia. And it's oh, it's like one of the fastest growing cosmetic surgeries. Um, I don't, there's not any, many like recent stats on it. The most recent stats were from 2016, but they're shocking. Like there's kids, like as young as nine going to the doctors asking for labiaplasty it's like heartbreaking um and the only thing the way i found out that it even existed as a surgery was because i was googling vulvas i was so like i want to see other people's vulvas to see if there's any in this world that look like mine um and the only thing at the time that came up on Google images was either what well, was either porn or it was before and after surgeries like labiaplasty surgeries so the only vulvas I eventually saw that were like mine were pre-surgery so then I was like well okay if if that's the only people that have vulvas like me and they're getting surgery to look like they do on porn that's obviously what I need to do and it wasn't even a question. I was like, I, it wasn't a, I want this surgery. It, I was convinced that I needed this surgery. I was like, this is what, if anyone has a vulva like mine, the small minority is what I thought, a small minority of people in this world, a handful of people had a vulva like mine <laughs> and they didn't look like the ones on porn, um, that they got them changed to look like the ones on porn. So, I remember being about 15 or 16 when I first discovered that this was a surgery that you could get. And I Googled, obviously you can't be um, younger than 18 to get the surgery. So I Googled all the surgeries that performed it, looked up all their prices, sent emails. I was like, 
I'm going to be so prepared for the day I turn 18. It's unbelievable. So I'm not wasting any time. I wrote a list of numbers, surgeries, prices. Um, like I did all the research and I was like 15, 16, had it in a document in, on my laptop. And literally, I was just so excited to turn 18 so I could get this surgery. It was so sad looking back. Um, and it must, I think it was like a couple of months after I turned 18, I went to two different consultations, um, spoke to surgeons, got their opinions. Obviously, they're surgeons and they want your fucking money. They're not going to go, actually, babe, you're completely fine. You do not need the surgery. They're going to just stimulate the thoughts you already have. Um, so fucking criminal. It's absolutely it's fucking awful. criminal. I remember one of the surgeons just being like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can see why you're here. Um, like, you obviously, you've got one labia longer than the other. Um, blah, 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 like pointing out all this stuff. And I was like, which now I know is completely fucking normal. Um, and I was just like mortified throughout this whole thing that I was even showing someone my vulva in the light of day. Um, anyway, chose, I did all of this like, without, I hadn't told my parents, I hadn't told any of my friends. I eventually had plucked up the courage to tell one friend because I was too scared to go to the consultations by myself. Mm. So she came with me and she's the only person I've told in my whole life. And to be honest, she didn't, we didn't like go into mega detail. She just like was more support for me. Um, but yeah, I chose a surgery to go with. I booked in a date. I was like, I got it in the diary. Um, all I needed was 3000 pounds. <laughs> to go through with it, which being 18 and having had a job for about six months, I did not have 3000 pounds in my bank account. So I went home and called a meeting with my parents who were divorced. So got my dad over to my mum's house and uh, was basically like, look, there's this surgery that I need. Um, this is a like, really embarrassing conversation, but like, I need labiaplasty. Can I borrow three thousand pounds? I just casually. I was just like, I genuinely thought they'd be like, yeah, okay, obviously you need it. It's fine. I'll I'll lend you the money. And I was honestly distraught when they were like, no. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what? What do you mean? I was like no one's going to love me. No one's going to find me attractive. I'm never going to have a like long-term relationship. Um, I was like, you're literally stopping me from having this like beautiful life that everyone else is going to have. And I'm not going to be able to have it because you haven't lent me 3000 pounds to get my labia removed. Like I was honestly furious. <laughs> um, but eventually my mum said she'd come with me to a second consultation. So we went back to the place that I booked in a date for spoke to the surgeon and my mum can remember it more than me I think but she was saying that he was um my mum was basically like asked him point blank like does Lydia need this surgery and he just wouldn't give a straight answer he was saying things like um oh you know like some girls get quite uncomfortable um in certain types of clothing or when riding a bike and my mum was like well, okay, but Lydia doesn't get those kind of discomforts. So does she need it? Oh, it, she was saying she was just so frustrated with him because he clearly knew I didn't need the surgery. And I'm a young, impressionable 18 year old sat there like, 
I will pay you all the money in the world to chop my flaps off. Like, and um, yeah, it, my mum was just so distraught, bless her. She was just like, you don't need it. Like, this is crazy. Like, and, and this man who just wants your money is sitting there, you know, skirting around the thing of just like trying to kind of convince me that I do need it without saying it because he knew it, I didn't. Anyway, the whole thing was very... Um, bizarre and embarrassing and um upsetting and this thing that I had built up and up and up in my head that I was like as soon as I turn 18 I'm gonna be like everyone else suddenly got shattered because my parents obviously weren't gonna lend me the money and it was just it was like genuinely a really really hard time of my life to be like fuck I actually have to well, one, save up the money, so it's just going to take me longer, or I have to live a life being unlovable and no one's going to fancy me and want to have sex with me and all of this mm. stuff. Um, but, yeah, my mum eventually had said to me, um, she was like, look, you're going to have to save up the money yourself. And she was just like, promise, promise, promise me that whilst you're saving you'll really try to learn to love your vulva the way it is. And my mum was like my best friend and I was just like, fine, yes, I'll fucking try, whatever. Like it's not gonna happen, but I'll try. And I genuinely did. I put in a lot of like effort into like positive affirmations. As I said, I was like, I looked at it a lot more in the mirror. Um, I remember texting my mum about a year later. I looked at, I looked at it in the mirror. And I'd done that plenty of other times. And every time I looked in the mirror, I just wanted to be sick. I was like, I just, ah, just hate it. And one day I looked in the mirror and I didn't hate it. I mean, I didn't love it by any standards, didn't even like it, but I didn't, I didn't get the overwhelming sense of like, ugh. And I text my mum, I was at uni and I was like, mum, just looked at my vulva in the mirror. And for the first time, I didn't feel like I loathed it. She was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> And then I think from then on, because I'd had that little hint of, I knew that a tiny part of my thought thoughts towards it had changed. I was still saving rapidly, up, up, like as much as I could to get the surgery. But as soon as I saw that tiny little shift, I did think to myself, okay, well, if that's changed very, very slightly, you know, if I keep on doing this kind of work, um, maybe I can change it a bit more. Um, maybe I can change a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And maybe I could get to a point where I don't think about hating it at all. And so, yeah, I did put in a lot of effort. I saved up the money eventually. And I think it was a very big thing to have eventually saved up the money. And I had it sitting in my bank. And I was like, I had just been so sure that as soon as I'd saved up the money, I was just going to go and get it done. And um, suddenly I realized how how hard I'd worked to save that money, how much actually I'd started to shift in my mind. And I just suddenly couldn't bring myself to spend all that money on a, that surgery anymore. And me and my friend had talked about going traveling. Um, and I had all this money set in my bank and I was like, if I say yes to traveling, that's me saying no to labiaplasty. 
and that was quite a big deal and I went traveling and I spent the money on that and I was like that's it the money's gone I'm not like I'm not starting again I'm not saving up for that again so it was a massive thing to be like this is it I'm living with this and I'm gonna embrace it and try and accept it and you know started getting some conversations going with friends eventually like this was after like years and um oh my god I just I now look back and I'm like I just want to hug my 18 year old self and be like you didn't need to go through all of that you didn't need some shitty surgeon telling you that you know can see why you're here and yes like I'm just want to sit here and take three thousand pounds for something that you do not need and now I've heard horror stories about people having labioplasty and like I just feel like 18 is such a young age to make that kind of decision for me it was for me anyway I just think like I wasn't I was not like I don't know I, I was just too young to be able to, to have like make that decision for myself and I'm so pleased that my parents said no even though I was mad at them for so long but um yeah it was a interesting time but it definitely like yeah it was a big journey in in terms of like getting to the point of realizing I'm going to spend that money and this is it I'm going to be on this journey now of self-acceptance getting to the point of being like I'm okay as I am and here we are mm. with over hadn't with without having had gone through the labioplasty and the thing is as well with my work I had got to a good point where <laughs> this is quite funny I um I got what was it I think it was in my final year of uni I was like right I'm gonna start talking about this because you know I'd got a certain to a certain point with myself as I think I need to start having conversations with other people about vulvas um and I contacted quite a few of my exes and met up with them <laughs> and was like, basically, <laughs> I need you to tell me what you think of, of my vulva. <laughs> and they were all like, what? Um, <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny. I had some quite funny conversations. They were just, I expected them to be like, either be like, oh yeah, it's a bit weird. Or like, anyway, all of them were just like, either mind boggled they were like what do you mean like your vulva is completely normal or they were like your vulva is amazing your vulva, like it was either positive or it was just neutral in terms of like I can't believe you've been asking me this question I've never even thought about it and it was it just started off the conversation of like oh okay this isn't this isn't what I thought people would think and then it spurred me on to have conversations with friends and all of that kind of thing and now I do all my vulva casting the thing I've obviously seen hundreds now and my own journey with my vulva has got better and better and better and better and better just from having all these kinds of conversations and being open about it and talking about my journey and my story and talking to loads of other vulva owners about their journeys and their stories and yeah it's um it's been a wild ride it has and I think something that really infuriates me <laughs> about this, this story is like, it's yet again, like a man telling mm -hmm. a vulva owner what to do with her body. Yeah. And like, it's so fucked up. And yeah. it's like, by this, like, by the standards of society, which is mainly run and constructed by men. And it's the same as 
pornography. Pornography is really, you know, like vulva owners and female sexuality through the male gaze. Like, yeah, that's what it's there for. It's like it blows my mind. And then to say things like, oh, well, you know, sometimes while riding a bike or you know, while well, you like wearing certain clothes. Well, first of all, who are the clothes made by? Because if they were made by Volvo owners, we probably wouldn't have this fucking problem in the first fucking place, yeah. right? And like, if you need to ride a bike, like, yeah, okay, cool. It can't, like, sometimes it can be on top of it. Maybe you can like tuck it in or wear padded mm-hmm. shorts. So like, it's- Doesn't it's, mean that you have to change your Volvo. But like, like surgically, like surgically yeah. removing part of your body Mm-hmm. For, for no other reason other than aesthetics and mm-hmm. such a sacred part of your body mm-hmm. like for, for it's it's crazy and I and I understand that some people are at different places and spaces and have different experience and I completely understand and honor and respect that but I think coming to a place where like you have to sit with it a doctor should ask you why are you doing this Mm, yeah, yeah completely and have that kind of conversation and have that conversation and if you have that conversation that reflected back to you well why maybe you know that's enough or maybe that's not enough and that doesn't feel right for you like you know what I mean like no I still want to continue great you're empowered yes as long as it's authentic and true to you like own it like I am here and I'm celebrating you 100% and I know from my experience so I also wanted to have labiaplasties because my mother had a labia that hung down and mine did too. And I remember watching her saying that she didn't like it, that it hung down, that she was thinking about doing it. And if she did it and it wasn't too painful, then I can do it too. And I was young, like very, very young. I think I might've been even been like nine or something. Like I was really young. And that's what conditioning had done to my mother and all vulva owners before that, but then passing down to me. So like, it's a real big issue. Like it's it's not just in teens and young people. This is in oh, yeah. the whole collective. Yeah, our parents will have had as well. And then that pass, and their parents will have had, and that passes yeah. down and down and down. And if no one starts getting educated about these kind of things, yeah. we're then gonna pass it down and then our kids will pass it down. And yeah. like, where does it end? We, that's why it's so important that we start like getting educated in the right way because otherwise it's just we're gonna stop but I think sex education has such a fucking huge part to play in this in the fact that how can you not know that all vulvas are different that should be a fucking fundamental thing that we learn in school yeah. right I would say the vulva is like a face Mm-hmm. So the face is two eyes, a nose, a mouth, right? We've got these beautiful features, but no face looks the same. And that's yeah. exactly the same as a vulva. Yeah. And we don't know that. And we don't actually even know, like, parts of our vulva, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the words in which we, you know, describe it. When I was younger, I used to call it like a mousy. Yeah. Or a fanny or a nunny. Yeah right yeah. and it's also fucking disempowering and it's time you know to change the way in which we view our bodies and the way in which a huge part of this that plays is changing the language that we use around it mm. right like so many people cringe at the word vulva or pussy oh, 
they absolutely hate it and you have to think why why is it that we cringe at our own anatomy or even the sound of our own anatomy or the thought of our own anatomy gives you the ick just because we haven't been exposed to that language ever when i first started podcasting i had to train myself so hard to use the word vulva and Mm. i slipped up so many times and said vagina because that's what Mm. i was so used to but i was like no i have to call it what it is i have to say the right word and it took me so long to feel comfortable with saying vulva in my studio like vulva casting and now i can say vulva 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 as much as i like but it took so long to get even in here like to get comfortable with using that word just because i hadn't even really heard Mm. of it before like mm. at the age of, I was 27 when I started this business, like the age of 27, I barely even heard the word vulva being used. Like mm. I like didn't, probably wasn't until my mid twenties that I even really knew what it was or what it meant, mm. which is crazy. All this sex education that we had of like how to put a condom on a dildo, like where was, oh, by the way, this is a vulva and these are the bits. And by the way, they're all different. Mm. Like completely just gets left out of everything, which is mental. And by the way, I, I also feel like I should say, I don't disagree with labiaplasty. Like if people decide that they want to go ahead with that, like that is completely and utterly their empowered decision. But I just, it's when people go ahead with it without having had the education yeah. of knowing that all vulvas are different. So that they, like I, if I had gone ahead with it when I did, when I went for my consultations, I had no education. I had no idea that all vulvas were completely different. And I kind of just wish that they treated it the same as like, you know, when um, people want, um, like when trans people want to get top surgery or they want to get bottom surgery, whatever it is, the poor things have to go through like endless counseling sessions yeah. like they they cannot just phone up and book and make an appointment but why why so why do they do that for labiaplasty and like or, the, or they say okay yeah so you want labiaplasty just so you know here like here's a book to have a look through here's a whole thing of different vulvas bit of education a bit of like some people might go into it being fully aware of all of that and be like i'm very aware but this is still the surgery that i want fine but it's like, it's like the 18 year old, like me, 18 going in being like, I want this just because I haven't been educated in the right way. And I wish that someone had done just put a book on the table and been like, look through this first. I'd have been like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then probably wouldn't like, just even from that probably wouldn't have gone ahead with it. So yeah, it's, I have no problem with the surgery itself. If people go in with a very educated, empowered decision it's the lack of education that most people end up not like, yeah, not receiving the right education. I think that's, it's just a recipe for disaster, isn't it? It's just like no education at school. This is all going to have been felt and received and taken on by our ancestors, by our parents and our grandparents and everyone before. And it's, it's just this, it's a really difficult space to be in. And I think it's difficult not only for vulva owners, but for penis owners too. Mm-hmm. I know this is not, you know, we're living in a generation where they are grown up with 
exactly what we see. And then yeah. they come to be with vulva owners, you know, and then they look at it and they're like, oh, this is not what I thought it looked like. So the issue is way bigger than, than just vulva owners. It impacts everybody. Why it needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about openly and without the shame that we hold. Like, it's just so baffles me even now. I've been doing this work for years. I've worked with hundreds of all the owners and it just this deep, deep ingrained shame that we have in our bodies is just phenomenal. And then to still live in a world where we are just being flooded with it daily. Yeah. Just this inadequacy. We get used to these repeated rituals of neglect and denial and rejection for our own bodies. Mm. But it's also in the space of that nobody in the systems are advocating to become resourced, mm. that they aren't advocating to become educated. They're mm. not backing this, you know, and knowledge is power and how do you control people with fear or with no knowledge that's how you do it that's how you make money that's how the world works it's such a shame I know and everyone says don't they like if we were all educated in the right way there'd be so many businesses that would go out of business because they wouldn't make the kind of money that they do and that's probably half the reason why we're not taught what we should be taught because there's a lot of massive, massive, massive billion dollar companies that wouldn't thrive. Mm. And it's so fucking shit all because, yeah, all just so we're just made to feel tiny so that we buy into all of this stuff that is like we're flooded with all the time. It's like, it honestly makes my blood boil. Mm. <laughs> it's awful that you're broken and you need fixing. How can I fix you? How, like, here you go, you're broken. Have this yeah. and you'll be fixed. Get to know your body. Like, mm-hmm. in, in, in a, it can be gentle and it can be subtle and it takes time. This is not going to happen overnight. But starting mm-hmm. to spend time with yourself, even, for example, when you're moisturizing, right? Like, slowing down touching your body noticing how your body feels its folds its textures you know the temperature of it all of these wonderful things like your stretch marks and your scars like they are all part of your sacred tapestry and starting to to bring this loving awareness like to yourself in in a new way and Mm -hmm exploring yourself like never before and it doesn't have to be sexual I'm not saying that this has to be sexual and it's all about you know for example self-pleasuring in front of a mirror I personally love it it turns me on right it's not all but it's not about that it's about how can you start to really slowly and softly come home to your body Mm -hmm. and start to reclaim your, your pleasure, your power, your sexuality in a way that feels authentic and true for you. Mm. Not what you've been told you should be or who you should be, but who you actually are. And I think that's such a, it's a lifelong journey because you continually change, your body continually changes. And it's not about getting to the end destination. It is just that it is a journey. 
So allowing yourself just to get lost in it and to revel in it and create this beautiful love affair with yourself. Because really, I honestly believe from my experience, like the relationship that I have with my body, how it's changed over years and years of healing, but like I am able to accept others because I set myself. I trust mm -hmm. others because I trust myself. Mm -hmm. I can love others because I love myself. Mm -hmm. Like this work, it, it should really start and end with you. Like that's you, you should only, you know, for me, I don't like to put shoulds, but for me, it was just about doing it for myself. It wasn't about anybody else. But the beauty of it is that it just ripples out into every single area of your life. And it's just it's incredible to to witness and shouldn't you shouldn't need external again me speaking to myself like I shouldn't need to have external validation that's something that I've is a big part of my journey now where I've stopped mm -hmm. needing external validation but that was part of it was being like I don't need others to accept me I need to accept myself you can start there and then once you're in that beautiful place within yourself you can start like you were saying, like the ripple effect is then like, you can start to see that beauty in others. You can accept others a lot more and the whole, like mm -hmm. you'll present yourself in a completely different way. Your confidence levels, like mm -hmm. everything within your life will flourish when you're flourish. Like if you can get to that space within yourself, you think, oh, that's just like, make, maybe like, oh, just taking care of one little thing. But actually it like- it, For me, it wasn't about fixing myself. It was about remembering no. my wholeness remembering yeah. that I am whole and I am complete as I am mm -hmm. but it's the journey of remembrance mm -hmm. imagine if imagine if big companies taught that no one would buy any of their fucking products and that is why no one teaches that which is so fucking shit because it's such an incredible like oh god I just remember in like magazines and they would be like it wouldn't even be I thought I was broken in certain ways. It would be society or a company goes, just so you know, you're broken in that in that area. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, if you have cellulite, that's really disgusting. And we're going to talk about that. And then on the next page, we're going to sell you some cellulite cream. And it's just, it makes me fucking furious mm -hmm. that companies are allowed to do that and allowed to pick you apart and to break you down as a human for you to then buy into their shit and if everyone just taught exactly what you were just saying like oh our lives like and ultimately it, it fixes it fixes nothing because it's not you're not looking at the root cause you're not looking at any of that you're literally just surface level you're just like putting freaking plasters on things and you're still gushing out blood underneath like it's not the actual like looking inwards and looking at the root cause and looking at like this is yeah. why I'm personally I'm super pleased I never went for labiaplasty because like you said it wouldn't have changed my thought process at all I would have got the surgery done and not one part of my mind will have changed I would have focused on something else that I didn't like about myself and actually going through the process and having to look at the root cause and having to work on myself as a person and why I think certain ways and where's that come from and all of that kind of thing has actually like spilled out into my whole life and that now I can I do have like body acceptance and 
accepting who I am as a person and all of that kind of thing, which I don't think would have happened if I had just been like, clicked my fingers, got a surgery. I wouldn't have had to have done any of that like mental work, but it's when you do the mental work that the magic happens and you grow and you change and you like your life. Yeah. It's just, it is enriched personally speaking from my own experience. Mm, I agree. And I, even if I look back and reflect back to, you know, my late teens or even my early teens, but my late teens and my early twenties about how I felt about myself and my body and the way in which I treated myself and my body and the way in which I allowed others to treat me and my body, you know, like there wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have any um, grasp of real consent, right? Like knowing my empowered yes and my empowered no, Mm -hmm. knowing what turned me on and what didn't turn me on. Yeah. Knowing like who I was, it was all always this mask of how can I be more lovable? How can I make you accept me more? How can I be more desirable to everyone but myself? And in that process, I just became so far detached from who I actually was. And it was reflected back at me. Fuck me, my dating history. Jesus. <laughs> wet tell me about it oh my gosh probably the same honestly yeah. I make I literally might I like like that that horrible feeling of like my body starts to like curl inwards when I'm just like oh my goodness what was I thinking but it was a direct mirror yeah. of how I felt about myself yeah a direct yeah. mirror yeah you can almost literally see it like throughout if I look at my dating history from like when I started feeling shit about myself, all the horrible humans that I dated and how they made me feel, which I, you know, you're, you're to blame within that. Cause I was just like, that's obviously what I was giving out that I, I wanted to be treated like shit. Mm -hmm. And then you can almost see it to the point of like, of me then becoming like accepting myself who I am and actually liking myself for the first time as a person. And then the relationship that I got into, like the difference between those men are literally, I'm back on the scale, like top, like top to bottom, like honestly. And it's just, it just shows like I never would have attracted like my most recent partner. I never would have attracted him mm. 10 years ago, ever in a million years, because that's not the kind of energy that I was giving out. And if you're giving out an energy of, I don't like myself, I don't like who I am, I have no boundaries because I'm scared to have boundaries because if I put boundaries in place, you might not love me. And all, all of this stuff, you're never going to attract someone who treats you well. Yep. It's just, it's not, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I always feel like for me, it's, I always say like, you will always accept somebody as long as they treat you a little bit better than you treat yourself. So mm-hmm. if you treat yourself like shit, yeah. You will accept that from somebody else because it's a little bit better. Yeah. And then it gets into the whole, oh, well, I'm not worthy to have him or yeah. them or her. Like, do you mean it yeah. gets into this perpetual, this perpetual cycle? I mean, oh my goodness. Some of the toads, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I think back and I yeah. just think, oh my goodness. I mean, I... I have a color, I have a colorful dating history, I think is probably the best way to describe my history. When I was living in London, I was in, yeah, when I was living in London, 
And I uh, I was in my early 20s, like, oh my goodness. I used to go on literally a date probably almost every night. And I used to go like, I used to finish work and I'd go, I'd have like one, I'd literally go on one date for drinks and I'd meet somebody else for dinner and I'd go out for dinner. Or I'd go out for dinner, I'd go out for drinks and I'd go out with all my friends after. So it'd be like a free drink. So I didn't have to pay. I was honestly... I have to I have to laugh because it's yeah. it's just been part of it it's just part of that journey and not allowing shame to fall into that because it gets to this point where my past does not define who I am and mm-hmm. I don't need to always just mean but it and but it also it it does make you who you are like all the experiences that you've been through you mm-hmm. wouldn't be who you are today if you hadn't had all of those experiences and even though some of those experiences experiences were like fucking horrendous and the shit that like men will have put us through or we allowed them to put us through if we hadn't gone through that it all we also wouldn't be where we are now so I think like as much as there's some men which I fucking cannot stand um I'm still like okay but if I'm grateful I am grateful (laughs) for these men um because otherwise I wouldn't if yeah I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be I wouldn't still be doing what I'm doing I don't think Mm. like you have to kind of go through all of that don't you and yeah make make yourself realize that actually I have to pull my finger up my ass and do something about liking myself because otherwise I am going to be stuck with men like that for the rest of my fucking life and that is I could recognize it I was like I don't want to I remember thinking saying to my mom I don't want to marry someone like this Mm. but but I think I'm gonna have to because I was like they're the only people I'm attracted to and they're the only people that are attracted to me. At this point, I hadn't clocked that I actually needed to change within myself. But I was so like, what? I, I'm going to have to have a relationship with someone like this for the rest of my life because I'm not attracted to anyone else. And it was only when I started putting two and two together and started changing my perception of myself that I started becoming attracted to lovely human beings I, and I'd never been attracted to lovely human beings before I just remember the the upset of being like I'm gonna have to marry a shit man <laughs> well first of all that's also society because we don't actually have to marry anyone. oh no anyway, <laughs> I don't want that now anyway but that was you know years ago when I, that was just what my path was gonna have to go down I hadn't questioned anything else I was just like this is awful what am I gonna do I'm not attracted to anyone else but and it wasn't until I started yeah changing the way I thought about myself that and and feeling like what I deserved Mm. and all of that has now changed that I'm now actually attracted to lovely people it's amazing it's bliss but not even just not even just romantically not even just like lovers and playmates like even Mm -hmm. friendships yeah and like people in yeah. your life and like what you know just... what you think you you deserve and what you stand for and your own boundaries within friendships and family relationships and like loving relationships all of it it's all it all is one big web isn't it and it's mm. god yeah I could talk about it all day it's amazing mm. so if you had to describe your vulva in three words what would they be oh my god bring this on me okay um, <laughs> forgiving mm. um playful and mm, loyal 
I love that. Yeah, after everything I've put her through. <laughs> always wanted the best for me, so yeah. Mm. Mm. Your body's always talking to you, not at you, right? Mm, I know. I always look back now and I'm like, oh, I feel so sorry for her because I put her through shit and I hated her so long. And throughout that whole time, she was still just trying her best and doing her best for me. And I'm like, oh, that's, that is loyalty. That is. Mm. And I think a, a big part of this work is forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. Forgiveness for yourself and the way that you treated yourself and the way that you viewed yourself and your body and coming to a place of being like, you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. That's okay. And now you've learned and now you can create the relationship that you truly desire and I yeah. think that's such a big part of it starting again starting afresh mm. or oh, we're in a constant state of death and rebirth fuck me talk about me I'm like a <laughs> Scorpio death and rebirth queen over here <laughs> oh my god I love it it's great yeah so <clears throat> I would love to do a quick undressed round of would you rather are you in Okay, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really intrigued. Okay, so we've only got 30 seconds on the clock. Oh my gosh. So it has to be a quick fire round of, yeah, whatever intuitively comes through first. Do I have Ready? to explain, explain my reasonings or am I just going in? No, unless you really want to. Okay, fine. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. For your vulva, are natural or shaven? Oh, can I go middle ground? <laughs> no, one or the other. Ah, so natural. Underwear or commando? Oh, underwear all the time. 15% of vulva owners have never had an orgasm, true or false? <gasps> oh, I would go higher. I'd go false. It's true. Oh, okay. okay. So, self-pleasure in front of the mirror, hot or not? I've never done it. <laughs> but I would say hot. I'll say hot. <laughs> okay, I'll tonight, you need to go home and try it and let me know, because trust me, it's a fucking game changer. I'll definitely say hot. I'm very aware it's probably hot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever self-pleasured in a public place? Yes. Self-pleasure, toy or hands? Ah, oh, um, uh, hands if I had to. Clitoral orgasm or internal orgasm? <sighs> These are hard. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm a newbie on internal, so I'm going to go internal. Okay, blindfold or being tied up? Tied up. Kinky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, doggy style on top? Oh, on top every time. No doggy, never. Ugh. Sexting or phone sex? Sexting. Slip a digit, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather sleep with a stranger in a bar or with your ex? Oh, God. <laughs> if I'm talking about my lovely most recent ex, I'd go with him. And I really hope not. <laughs> You're on a date and they use the term vagina instead of vulva. Would you still fuck them or would you likely chuck them? Oh, I would fucking educate. <laughs> <laughs> and in real life, 
education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are they after sex cute or would you give them the boot? Oh, cute. Definitely cute. And lastly, what is your biggest turn on? Oh, um, communication in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm, communication full stop. Well, communication full stop. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely in the bedroom all throughout. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. That 100%. was good. I like that quick fire round. I know. And I was going to do it for 30 seconds. And I was like, no, fuck it. We're just going to roll with it because it's just too good. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Oh, that was good. I'm pleased you included them all. so my love thank you so fucking much for being here it's been such a pleasure where can people find you where can they come hang out um yeah so my instagram is lydia reeves underscore artist um or all the information about my casting sessions and everything else on my website which is lydiareeves.com or email me at hello at lydiareeves.com and yeah Mm. and I've loved being on thank you so much for having me as your first guest I feel so privileged oh you are so welcome well we talked about it all that time ago and I was I was committed to staying true to my word when we were in oh thank you it's just been yeah such an honor such a pleasure and you are just phenomenal and anybody who is listening to this who's thinking about getting a casting Honestly, it is, and I'm not just saying this because Lydia is my friend, I'm saying this because it's true, that it is the most powerful experience, but it's also the most gentle experience. And do it, just do it, fucking do it. That's what I'm going to say. That's all that needs to be said. Experience it for yourself. Thank you so much, my love. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Undressed with me, Katie Moore. If you have enjoyed it as much as we did, then let me know on Instagram at I am Katie Moore. Feel free to like, comment, share, give us a cheeky little follow if you fancy it. <laughs> and if you would like to work together, then email me at info at Until next time.